Welcome or welcome back to The Bicultural Identity, a podcast created from the experiences unique to young Asians raised in a Western society. We're your hosts, Connie and Jenny. Our weekly episodes contain conversations around social issues, pop culture topics, and nostalgic childhood memories that are significant in our lives as second-gen Canadians. Welcome back, guys! Hello! Hear anything different about my audio quality? (laughs) They probably do. Jenny and I are no longer recording in the same house. Nope. I brought my really bad portable mic, so we're all going to have to live with this for the next few episodes. Let's hope it all runs smoothly. Yep. Anyway, today we wanted to talk about something that's coming out on um, July 15th, I believe, on Netflix. I'm so excited. Yes. So that leaves us, I guess, four days in this case um, to just talk about Never Have I Ever starting from season one. And for people who don't know, Never Have I Ever is, um, what is it, a sitcom? Does it classify as a sitcom? say it's a sitcom okay i think it's like a drama slash comedy a dramedy (laughs) okay a dramedy um coming of age show i'd say exactly it is produced by mindy cowling big fan and i think she also participated in some of the writing as well Mm -hmm. i think for a few episodes Mm -hmm. did you know i was sort of like reluctant to start this show because it looked like same one of those like teen soaps that I grew out of but then knowing it was Mindy Kaling and like I heard a lot of good things about it, I was like fine I'll give it a try and I fell in love so same here I thought it (laughs) looked way too like out of reach for our age group Mm -hmm. and like episode one kind of throws you off a bit because like it's It's a certain style and like it's still kind of like has a high school show feel I also know Connie that you didn't watch the Mindy project um I did I watched a few episodes you did I watched them with you, excuse me. I think I watched like two seasons of it. What the heck? Okay, well. Um, I'm offended. That's weird. Maybe I watched it with you after watching it and then I recommended Maybe it or something. Maybe something like that. Anyway, yeah. so uh, it very much is her, like Mindy Cowling's distinct type of humor, which is why I'm surprised mm-hmm. that she didn't write more, but I guess it was like she definitely consulted. Yeah. Um, and yeah like you have to get used to it but that's with the most sitcoms i think like the office was weird brooklyn 99 was immature Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. anyway do you want to give us a little synopsis of what goes on without giving spoilers i don't really want to spoil anything this episode right in case people haven't watched it we shouldn't yeah if you haven't you really have to check out season one before season two comes out (laughs) you have a few Mm -hmm. days um but to give a synopsis, the show revolves around an Indian American girl called Devi navigating high school. And due to some trauma she went through, she was kind of an outcast for a bit because she, she like was basically put in a wheelchair due to like a side effect of her psychological trauma. It's kind yeah. of sad. And like she's, she's like your typical, yeah. um, she has a group with like two girlfriends and they like get bullied and stuff. Yeah. They're, like, not in the popular group. Anyways, it just explores her, her family, her school life, her friends, typical coming-of-age stuff, and, like, you know, what goes down Mm -hmm. in her life. The first season is 10 episodes, and they Uh actually fly by. Like, I think we watched in two days. Yeah. I I binged it so hard. But the reason why we want to talk about Never Have I Ever specifically on this podcast is because it fits our theme so well. The protagonist is a female second gen living in america and like with a similar background to us 
as Asian Americans or Asian Canadians. Mm -hmm. And there's just so much to talk about in the show and how relatable it is to us. Yeah, I was like rereading all the episodes like um, on like online recaps. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy how much they managed to pack into 10 episodes. Mm hmm. There are. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest themes in this whole show is family dynamics in like bicultural or Asian American, Asian Canadian um, families. And I also think like this one does focus a lot more on the American experience just because like with high school and with coming of age in America, there's a lot of like really scary experiences for people trying to get into the Ivy League, which we don't Mm -hmm. have in Canada, but. Yeah. I'm just going to say that um, we mentioned that Mindy Kaling like produced the show, but this is basically inspired off of her life, apparently. Mm-hmm. So knowing Mindy, like she lived a very American life. Yes. And it shows in the show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, it's there. That's actually one of the interesting pieces that comes into this is, um, you know, like the family dynamics is her, I, I don't think like her parents were super... Um, quote unquote, you know, Indian, like as in fresh off yes the boat, fog. And no, yeah. I so think like, we we can relate to her exactly. because our parents are kind of like that too. Yeah. Exactly, like they try to balance the experience for her, but uh-huh. also like it is not an easy time, as you will see in the show. Yes. Speaking of family dynamics, I like how it explored that. Like, n- this isn't even just applicable to immigrant families, but how you can have like one parent being a mediator role and then Mm -hmm. another one that like the child might not understand as well Mm -hmm. so then spoiler alert kind of you figure it out in the first few minutes of the show Davy's trauma is that her dad passed away shortly before the show starts so her dad is like the parent she's closer to and without him her and her mom's relationship is extremely strained and I thought like the show explored such a heavy topic very, very well. And Mm -hmm. it shows like how they can build a new relationship. And I'm going to go into it later, but it shows the benefits of therapy. (laughs) Yes. I think that that's a really good point because from my experience too, a lot of family dynamics, and I don't know if it applies to just like, you know, I don't think it just applies to bicultural families, but there's always like the good cop, bad cop situation going mm-hmm. on. And it is very hard for people who are in high school to understand what the heck is going on. Like they yeah. always think that everyone hates them and like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And the situation was amplified now that her dad like wasn't there. Her mom probably felt a lot more stressed too to like raise Davy on her own, right? So then that brings out even more of her bad cop side. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to watch. My other favorite piece in this family issue is around how um, in this show she lives with her mother and her cousin. Um, Kamala! Yeah. And her cousin is actually deemed kind of like that token good child of their generation. Like, I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people understand what that means. You know, a lot of parents will talk about that one person who should be a role model and has like somehow seems like they have their whole life together. Yes. And... I think it's relatable in two ways because everyone has been on both sides or not everyone has been on both sides, but everyone has been on the side of Davy who is like super jealous and like she doesn't mm-hmm. realize like she doesn't she can't figure out what she's doing wrong basically to not be the perfect kid. But then it, the the best part about this is it explores um, her cousin's side as well on the actual happenings of being that, you know, role model. Yes, like how stressed out she is and mm-hmm. also 
it shows like a little bit of her less perfect sides or like more rebellious sides yeah exactly i think i can relate a lot to kamala not Same. because like i was a token good child of her family there's just us two children um i think we were both expected to be like very filial very well behaved i think i relate to it because we've made like weird and like not enemies but like there are family friends kids who like refuse to talk to us and i don't even know why like i've had the same thing happen so you know how asian parents like talk about their children and somehow like that can get you to be hated by other children who like maybe their parents bring you up as like oh why don't you get as good grades as jenny let's say or like i don't get why good don't grades do- but thanks <laughs> just an example <laughs> <laughs> Or like, look at Jenny, she's so good at piano. She like got this award or like took her grade eight exams. I don't even know. Like yeah. all these comparisons. It's so toxic because you're just sitting there and like, yeah, you're you not even like, for it. we didn't try. We're not, maybe Connie's a bit of a try hard, but. Okay. Um, <laughs> this sometimes you're not even trying. And then like, yeah, sometimes you're not even trying. And then somewhere out there in some household, they're talking about you just to like, you know, just to scold their kid and then you just get shot, I know. basically mm-hmm. you know what's really like toxic about asian parent dynamics too like i think everyone's gone through this where you like your parents will ask you about your grades mm-hmm. and then like even if you do well in a test they'll ask you like who did better yes oh my god so i like how the they basically use her cousin's character to show the two sides of the stories that are mm-hmm. super relatable to like literally everybody yes. in this situation i love that yeah I think she might have been my favorite character. I liked Kamala a lot. Mm-hmm. So did you want to talk a little bit about the mental health piece, actually, since we were talking? Yes. Like, I know it's one of your favorites, and we we're going to talk about our favorites later on. Yes. Um, but so, might as well. Mm-hmm. So I really liked how Never Have I Ever explored mental health, especially in an immigrant family. Mm-hmm. Um, so Davy obviously went through trauma when her dad died. Um, and it caused her to experience like full-on physiological effects. She couldn't walk, right? And so normally, mental health is like pushed under the rug by a lot of immigrant parents. But I think in this case, because like it was serious, she had to be in a wheelchair. The doctor probably like recommended therapy, and the mom reluctantly would bring Davy to therapy. Mm-hmm. The entire show, Davy has like a very strong relationship with her therapist, and the therapist is very involved in like a lot of the stories. And not to spoil much, but throughout the mom seems doubtful of therapy, but there seems to be like a a change in her opinion later. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give away how yeah. she changes her opinion or like the payoff in the end, but it's just cool to see and really relatable to see how therapy isn't accepted in immigrant families at first, but you just need a little bit of a push. And mm-hmm. Well, um, I also like how it shows that, like I think Davy and her mom are two really good contrasts of like how to deal with grief I guess because Uh um, I also think that it's refreshing that they showed that Davy is like you know she's a teenager and she's very very angsty the whole time so (laughs) therapy did like it did help but she was still a mess like a big fat mess and Mm -hmm. I like how it shows that like you know it's not the solution to everything in a realistic world yeah um and and at the same time her mom was still a character where it shows that you know like sometimes you do need it a little bit because you can't just like bulldoze past like what happened and ignore it and try to live life like normal that's such a good point as much as i think it's problematic that 
immigrant families don't like to be vocal about mental health or they act like you're weak to have those issues. But at the same time, I think there is some value to like being strong and facing your trauma head on, mm-hmm. um, which is what immigrant parents tend to like preach. And it's not easy for everyone, but there's definitely value in it. And you're right, like therapy didn't work completely for Davy either. I liked how, I forget the specifics, but I think they might have explored a bit too on how there, there's sometimes like a disconnect between the therapist and her, especially because yeah. like, well, it's interesting because a the therapist was a black woman. So like also a person of color, which is what we don't see a lot here. Teaser for a future episode maybe, but mm-hmm. most like therapists here are white and like sometimes struggle to understand people of color problems. I think that's also why like full representation is important because... Yes. It would have been more effective because, like, obviously, like, black people in America go through completely different struggles than immigrants Mm -hmm. in America. Like, there are two sides to that coin, which is also, like, I didn't even think about this during the show, but now you're making me think about it on, like, why there was still that cultural disconnect, right? It's not just, you you are a person of color, I'm a person of color, let's let's relate, like, it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good point. Okay, I think I I liked how our talk on mental health panned out, but maybe we can move on to bullying. That was another theme in the show that was very, like, significant. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that they deal with, and I think that... Um, actually, like somehow, I think the way the show represented bullying was realistic. Like I, okay, wait, let me be honest. I don't mm-hmm. think I was ever fully like bullied, so okay, it's harder for me to speak to this. But I also think that the the female gaze and like you know young person gaze in the writing was really like accurate in portraying how bullying sometimes in the moment. Um, unless you're in like a devastating position, you know, like where there's like clear, like terrible, terrible things happening, like these kind of like passive mm-hmm. bullying situations, you really like brush over them. And like it yeah. exists in the show, but it's not like the key folk, like the main focus. Mm-hmm. There's not really any very aggressive acts of bullying. I'd say the beginning, it's kind of cool that they explore ableism a bit because Davy's made fun of for being stuck in a wheelchair and when she's back in school, everyone's like, oh my God, the freak can walk or whatever. Yeah. Which is like kind of important to talk about even if she doesn't permanently have a disability. But yeah, the bullying in the show, like Jenny said, was very passive is more like discriminating them or like not including them in things. Mm-hmm. Um, Which kind is of that most of high school. snarky remark. Yeah, yeah. That is like the extent of the bullying I experienced as a child. I can't say I was like, you know, beat up or like people ganged up on me or teamed up on me to bully me or call me names. But I think most people who got quote unquote bullied can relate to the type of bullying in the show. Yeah. Where it's just more low key. This um, kind of plays into like our previous conversation about factfulness, right? Because we're always looking for like the worst case situations of bullying, mm-hmm. but like I would say the majority of people in high school, like if we're talking about isolation or like, you know, just not not including, then like yeah. the majority of people in high school ex- go through that and experience yeah. that. And that is still like a, mm-hmm. a crucial part of your growing up experience. Yeah. And I think Davy's friend group who like all kind of got quote unquote a little bit bullied. Um, it's very representative of like my middle school experience, not even high school experience, but like I think... I fit in with a group of misfits a bit more and like not misfits as in like we're weird but like you didn't fit in with the status quo talking about high school musical here (laughs) (laughs) but it's kind of just really relatable to see that like 
I think one girl is super into musical theater mm-hmm. and another girl is kind of tomboy and really into like programming or something like that. Robots. Like I forget cool stuff exactly. that I yeah. don't have the capacity for. But like high schoolers don't find it cool, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a throwback to my early school days and how, you know, having those kind of unique or nerdy passions was kind of looked down on but now it's funny because living adult life like these things are now cool like you Mm -hmm. having your own interests exactly very very like accurate portrayal of high school yes okay so the final like key topic you see quite a bit and this one is also more implied than anything i think they touch on it a bit but like not as a major 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 Mm -hmm. like in your face message is the aspect of interracial relationships um, yeah, which is like a big reality for a lot of like for, you know, for North mm-hmm. Americans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say Davy has two love interests in the show. That's not going to spoil anything. And none of them are Indian. So mm-hmm. there's there are a few interracial others, element. But that would spoil things. So I won't mention those. OK, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Two main ones. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's shown in a really interesting way where there's like always going to be similarities between like, you know, her and like the love interest in the show but there's also mm-hmm. like so many differences like, oh my god yeah it's so funny they are so different <laughs> but, she yeah. is like the complete opposite of both those characters mm-hmm. i'd say one of them is similar to her academically and like competitively but not in like family life or anything like that mm-hmm. and it's also funny to see that <laughs> like as soon as i start watching that part of the show like the romance storyline i was like yep this is mindy kaling because she was in love yep. with white boys <laughs> Yeah, it's in every one of her shows. Like, it's always, um, there's always, like, a white boy love interest. And it's, like, At so... least she's honest about it. <laughs> it's just, like, the experience that she grew up with. And I think a lot of people grew up with. And it's important to talk I about. I mean, I relate, right? Because we grew up in a very whitewashed environment. So all throughout high school, like, I stand One Direction. Like, I liked white boys, too. I still it's like just... Harry Styles. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I still have some white celebrity crushes. But, yeah. It felt nostalgic watching it, like, whoa, mm-hmm. kind of how my teenage brain worked. I wonder if Davy will later on realize that she's meant for an Indian boy because <laughs> they're I know, more culturally right? in tune with each other. <laughs> that's like, honestly, that's what um, they showed a little bit of when she goes to like family gatherings and uh-huh. she sees like these older kids around her changing. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Why don't we move on to... The second like segment we yeah. want to do and it's like just basically talking about our personal favorite moments of the show or what we liked about the show yes good idea should i just like talk about mine first all like all in a one go and then we swap over to you or um why don't we take turns okay well the first one for me is really fast i think mm-hmm. that the tone of this whole show is just amazing like it's so funny like i think they captured the um the aspect of like every high schooler thinking they're the main character like the main character syndrome <laughs> yeah is captured so well in this and there's like you know like also that taylor swift syndrome where you were like you yes. grew up listening to like you know her albums and you think uh-huh. that you're like the main character at high school and that's uh-huh. like davy's uh perspective and it's just like so funny like it's yeah. cringy but it's also that. like really authentic Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that threw me off about the show was like the way the script was written and the way Davy talks. I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. this is kind of, I almost thought that the actress 
wasn't that good at acting like I thought she was acting fake but no I think it was just like the tone of the show is so exaggerated um, mm-hmm. to give that main character vibe to, to emphasize that Davy's mind was like oh my my life is so dramatic like yeah. everything revolves around me like that kind yeah, of exactly. vibe it really like ended up adding to the quality of the show in my opinion I agree so what's yeah. your favorite point first, first up this is a very specific example but I like how the show tackles kind of some stereotypes of Indian culture and I'm not Mm. Indian so I can't like speak fully about this but I like how it didn't like demonize arranged marriages or make it seem like you're being forced to marry someone like because you know arranged marriages are huge in Indian culture but the character in the show that gets assigned a partner it ends up like being a very good experience for her and I think that's like a really positive side of the culture to to see. I also had that on my list because um, I I also like not even about like the positive experience side, but I also like how this show talked about it unapologetically. Like they didn't feel the need to over explain the situation about, you know, like yeah. the, the biggest example here is like arranged marriages, but it exists with every culture where there's things that we have to explain and, you know, like defend like, okay, this is controversial because I love dogs, you know, <laughs> but Asians get demonized a lot for eating dog meat. Mm-hmm. And it's like literally a thing that pigs are just as intelligent as dogs, but we don't get demonized for like eating pork in I North know. America, you know, things like that. It's just seen as and, weird because it's not like the diet here. Mm-hmm. And I like how, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I like how they just don't talk about like, oh, this is happening because, but the show just like, you know, goes straight into it and goes, mm-hmm. this is happening now. Yeah. I think what it did well is like, I think the entire show itself was very Western. Like you watch it through a Western lens and mm-hmm. the characters were very, mostly very whitewashed, but it touched mm-hmm. on culture in a way that like wasn't Western or like it, it, it didn't dumb things down for the white person to be able to absorb. Yeah. Like you were saying. Exactly. So that was very special. Mm-hmm. So my next uh, thing is um, the idea of like the struggle of balancing cultures, which is the whole premise of our podcast, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like a specific episode where she goes to, sorry for pronouncing this wrong, but Ganesh Puja, which is yeah. um, like a huge gathering, like every Indian family in the area is there. And mm-hmm. she goes through this whole identity crisis on like whether she's American or Indian, you yeah. know, like um, and feeling like she doesn't belong to any of them and then she sees a lot of people around her who have chosen which one they belong to and Mm -hmm. that's like super like i think that's really relatable for us because we grew up like really balanced and Mm -hmm. i i just kind of came to terms with now at 23 that i don't have to choose but i'm still trying to come to terms with that to be honest (laughs) like i i know that but it's so hard to actually believe it you know what i mean like you'll still Mm -hmm. feel the pull of both sides Mm -hmm. so very bicultural point jenny yes thanks what's your next one um because this is a mindy kaling show mindy is like a very sex positive person so i kind of like how she portrayed that in the show um because davy is like constantly talking about sex in the show and like how she wants to lose her virginity or like she'll be thirsting over boys it's pretty yeah. relatable but it also kind of shows like how she hides it from her strict parents like it's a very accurate portrayal of like you know a young girl trying to navigate her sexuality while living in a stricter household mm-hmm. and like we don't often see that in white shows right because as much as like it just happens 
Yeah, it just happens. There's no consequences. They don't really explore family life. Like, you'll sometimes get that humorous scene of, like, you know, maybe a parent walking into the room and seeing things, and then the guy runs away, like, naked Mm -hmm. or something. But that's the extent of it. It doesn't really show the anxiety of exploring your sexuality when you live in a stricter household. But also, I like how Davey was just unapologetically, like, sex positive. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of teenagers are like that in our time. Um, mm-hmm. And it is like, you're well, right, at least it is like that Mindy. It, second gen children wise, yeah. Yeah, it is that Mindy Cowling or Mindy Kaling like tone. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like really refreshing to see. Yeah, so, I love that yeah. part of the show. So, yeah, that's my. So, my point. final favorite point is mm-hmm. um, this one is more of like a lighthearted one, but I think it's so funny that there's like this general joke throughout the whole show where Davy and her friends will like assume that things were happening because of racism so like by the way like all of them are people of color like her whole friend group and they like assume that like some bullying or some nicknames are from racism or like some situations where people say the wrong thing and then it's like literally not and they figure Mm -hmm. out like what it actually is afterwards and i think that's so funny because I, i don't know like these days we do tend to point a lot of things towards racism and sometimes it's like you know just a bad thing in a whole other way but like it wasn't because of the color of your skin and I think that was really funny because that's like true you know like a lot of people in in like you know bigger cities they don't like intentionally go out of their way to be racist Mm -hmm. anymore so like most of the time you're just dealing with people who are just sucky people in other ways and it's kind of funny yeah That's such a funny point. And I remember laughing super hard at those jokes. But building on your point of assumptions, um, I actually do love that about the show because I think the whole show explored how assumptions can be very wrong, not just about like racist behavior, but Mm -hmm. human behavior. And I think a lot of the characters end up surprising you. Like Davy will think one thing about them and you see it that way because the show is like narrated through her lens. Yeah. Actually, Andy Samberg narrates a lot of it and yeah. this other sports guy. So there's a male narrator, but you still see like like it follows her and her perspective very clearly. Mm-hmm. And you slowly fo- like discover other sides of certain characters and you learn how Davy's assumptions are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So the show was written very well in that regard. Exactly. Um, I don't have too much else to add. I think a, just like a very specific reason why I like Never Have I Ever was that I think like <laughs> they explored the life of a academically driven immigrant mm-hmm. child well too. Yes. Like how hard she was competing. I think she also wanted to go to med school, which was my life back then. Mm-hmm. But she was like trying so hard to network in high school and like guarantee her entrance to an Ivy League school. And it was just like relatable school stress. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just like you know, we grew up having to watch Mean Girls, and that was, like, our classic, but this is, like, what I think I was missing, you know? Yeah. The representation I wish I aspect. had this as a younger, like, teenager or tween. Because mm-hmm. there's still mm-hmm. good tropes. Like, Mindy Keeling will always throw good tropes in there. So it's still, like, the typical, like, teen shows you would watch, but, like, with mm-hmm. with some relatability to it or more relatability yeah um i think what i like about this show is that this sounds probably cheesy but i think that i've read um like two i think of mindy keeling's books or i listened to them on audiobook Mm -hmm. so i know quite a bit about like 
I've kind of followed her career a bit and I know we were planning to do an episode just on her sometime later mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but I think just watching this show and having to understood her career and her like earlier life, it's put like it's clear that a lot of like actual personal experiences and emotions and like heart have gone into the production of this show. And I yeah. think that's why it's like so authentic and like so high quality because mm-hmm. it's like she kind of came all this way and she's making like kind of like a romanticized autobiography, you know? It is Mindy Kaling's baby. Like I follow her Instagram and whenever the show, like some promotions are happening, episodes are coming out, or like even if they're like announcing a new season, she will like spam. Mm-hmm. She loves this show and mm-hmm. it shows. So season two is coming out. You have one week to catch up on season one and that is, or sorry, four days to catch up on season one. And that is very doable. Do I will be rewatching it right now because I was reading recaps and now I, I want to rewatch it. I think I will rewatch it before. Yeah. <laughs> season two comes out yep uh, i love that show i think i watched it twice too oh my god yeah you watched it with me the second time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm still not bored of it trust us it is very good even if you're not like you know second gen or whatever it's still mm-hmm. really good <laughs> yeah yeah so what's your recommendation for the week connie Okay, my recommendation is a little bit quirky this week. It's a movie, um, a Japanese anime movie called Paprika. I have heard of this. You've heard of it? It's from 2006, so it's fairly old now. And I I wouldn't say it's for everyone. The best way I can put it is that it's pretty weird sometimes. (laughs) Um, It's like an artistic statement that has a lot of social commentary in the background that is like so hard to pick up on sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you just have to like... It's one of those big brain movies, you know what I mean? Like, you could sit there You're and analyze to it to do bits. Work. Mm-hmm. It basically explores this psychologist or scientist or something. They okay. make it a device that you, you can, like, go into people's dreams to, like, fix their issues Ooh. or something like that. Um, so the entire film is very confusing because a lot of it is just, like, in the dream world. And, like, I've never seen any piece of like art portrayed dreams so accurately um mm-hmm. i think like animation gives a lot of room for that you know to, mm-hmm. to show a bunch of wacky things that come out of your imagination and there's a lot of parallels with inception and inception actually came in 2010 so a lot of like people think that christopher nolan was inspired I think, by paprika i think that's where i heard about paprika yeah. because i think i saw a lot of uh parallels Mm-hmm. So if you watched Inception and like it, um, you should watch the OG, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd say Inception has a s- clearer plot and maybe like easier to watch, but Paprika is so much more deep and like well mm-hmm. done. Yeah. So that's my Thanks recommendation. Thanks for the recommendation. I am now at the stage of whispering because it's 11 something. Why are we recording this late? We never record this late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well... Never Have I Ever, season two, coming out on Netflix. I sound like I'm promoting it, but we, like, are not famous. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I we promise it's really good. You have, like, two recommendations from this episode, basically. Yeah. All right. Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good night. <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed our discussion on this week's topic. To hear more, you can subscribe to The Bicultural Identity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you get your podcast from. While you're at it, we'd also greatly appreciate any reviews on iTunes or simply sharing our podcast with your family and friends. But of course, no pressure. As well, any opinions and experiences discussed are solely based on our own experiences as second gens. We invite you to engage with us on our Instagram 
at the Biocultural Identity, where you can also find the link to our website with our show notes. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in next Monday for our next episode. See you then!